What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 18 of Courtside Views. I'm your host, Andrew Bostic. With the trade deadline already in full swing, on Thursday at 4 p.m. is the final deadline. Now, before we head into that on Friday's episode, today we are going to be featuring one team and one team only, and that is the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets are 29 and 25, and they are arguably the coldest team in the NBA right now. Uh, yesterday, they just absolutely got destroyed by the Boston Celtics, 121 to 96. No Kevin Durant, no James Harden, no Kyrie Irving, and this team is just a shell of what it could be. They are on a nine-game losing streak. During that nine-game losing streak, it has completely pushed them out of a top six seed. They've actually fallen all the way to eight. The Eastern Conference is absolutely loaded with teams at the top like Miami, Milwaukee, even somehow contending teams like Chicago and Cleveland. You still sprinkle in Toronto and Charlotte in there. And now, here we are. Boston Celtics are now even above the Nets. The Nets are five and a half games back out of the top spot. And while they're only two games back out of a top six seed, they are falling and falling fast. Um, the biggest issue so far has been Kevin Durant's injury. So Kevin Durant is playing at an MVP level. He is arguably one of the best players in the NBA, if not the best player in the NBA. He hasn't played in the game since January 15th and could potentially be out for another two to three weeks. All-Star game is coming up, which means he's going to have a nice little extended break. So I have some more time for rehabs. So not going to miss too many games. But since that game, that was one of the last wins that they had before they went on this nine-game losing streak. So is that coincidental? I don't think so. This team is the heart and soul, and it revolves around Kevin Durant and everything that he's able to do. And while they've been able to have some success with Kyrie Irving being part-time, they've had some success with James Harden being on the bench, they will not win games if Kevin Durant is not playing long-term. They just can't do it. Um, A big factor with this is James Harden. So obviously we talked about the trade deadline. We talked about all the rumors that are flaring. James Harden has missed three straight games with hamstring tightness. And all that they've been talking about is James Harden, James Harden, James Harden. The reports have come out that James Harden does not want to be in New York long-term. He's come out that he does not like Brooklyn. He does not like living there. He does not like enjoying it. He is very much so a social person. You see uh, the illustrious lifestyle that he has outside when he was in Houston. The strip clubs, hanging out with celebrities, just enjoying that kind of lifestyle. He just doesn't enjoy that kind of environment here in Brooklyn. That plays a major factor in it. Uh, it's not even really basketball-related. It's just more of his personal choice, and I guess that's more up to him, but now Daryl Morey is just swooping in from the Philadelphia 76ers and saying, what can we do? Let's get it done. He has full knowledge and full belief that if James Harden, if they don't trade James Harden right now at the deadline, they can go sign him as a free agent and go sign for nothing, do it in a sign-and-trade. So I, I just don't understand what the hardball is. If James Harden is really being this much of a distraction, if he's really being you know, that much of, I don't want to say a black cloud. I really don't. But James Harden has not been around a winning basketball team really ever. I I never enjoyed the way that they played in Houston. I thought it was very gimmick basketball. I thought it was purely analytics driven. You're avoiding a major part of the game. That's the mid range. And that's the pure feel that a basketball player has when he's just going through the motions of the Mike D'Antoni system of if it's not a layup, if it's not a free throw, and if it's not a three pointer, do not shoot it. And I never understood that. You James Harden forced Chris Paul out of Houston because he didn't like the way that he took the ball out of his hands. And seeing what Chris Paul is able to do time and time again, granted he's not an NBA champion, he deserves to be, but seeing what he's able to what he's been able to do during his time in Houston, how that was the closest they ever came to beating the Warriors, what Chris Paul was able to do in Oklahoma City with that shambles of roster, and now what he's able to do with the Suns, 
It sure as hell wasn't Chris Paul the problem. James Harden's the problem. And I think he's just doing it all over again. He just doesn't play a winning brand of basketball. He doesn't fully dive in. And I'm very surprised that a team like the 76ers is even wanting to get their hands in on a player like that. Offensively, he's a generational talent. He's a player that will go down in the Hall of Fame. He'll go down as one of the best offensive threats of this generation and, and potentially ever. But from a winning style of basketball, it's just not something that you can win with. It's not somebody that you, it, I personally would want on my team. And especially with somebody that is taking away the focus of what's going on on the court, where everything is off the court. That's all they're talking about in interviews. Steve Nash has answered for seven straight days of, is James Harden getting traded? And he just has to keep saying no and no and no. Like All he wants to do is talk about basketball, but unfortunately, with everything going on with this team, that's not really a conversation that can be had. And a third member of this team is Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is now playing a part-time role for this roster, and that's just not cutting it. Unfortunately for Kyrie and his vaccine requirements, he is only eligible to play in 10 of the last 29 games of the season. That is very bad, and it's very not setting them up for success because now you have Kevin Durant hurt. If James Harden does not get traded, what kind of player are you getting? You saw how miserable he was during Houston when he was trying to force his way out, coming in out of shape, not doing media, just saying whatever he wanted, doing whatever he wanted. Is that the player that he's going to be? And he's just, just crumble his way out and just leave in the offseason? Kyrie can only impact 10 games. If you go 10-0 and in those games, but then go, you know, 10-19 and in the next, you know, you're a 500 basketball team. And that's not something you can do. And then that's plus relying on Kevin Durant to be a fully healthy Kevin Durant. And that's tough, man. The dude's coming off torn, torn Achilles. And he's playing incredible basketball. But you're relying on one person to literally carry your franchise. You know, on the court, there are major issues. You know, these three players are barely able to play together. And you look at their depth. They have nothing. They have no depth. Patty Mills was the signing of the season. Him and Malik Monk were, in my opinion, the signing of the season for the mid-level exception for what they were able to do. I mean, Patty Mills, for all the time that Kyrie was able to be out, to step into a starting role, step into a reserve spot, Patty Mills is also the only player in this roster that has played in every single game. All 53 for the Nets. He's played in every single game. Like, come on, man. Like, that is insane that you're relying on Patty Mills that heavily. It just comes down to it that you look at, across the board, Joe Harris who got that big contract to be this 3 and D guy. The you know They got rid of Karis LeVert. They got rid of Jared Allen. They picked Joe Harris. Spencer did when he also left. Joe Harris is supposed to be this guy that's going to fit perfectly in between these superstars, and he hasn't played a game since November 14th. His agent just came out a couple days ago and said that there's potential that he could require a second ankle surgery before the end of the season, and that's going to knock him out for regular season as well as into playoffs. That's a massive loss right there. Granted, he's barely been able to play. Paul Millsap. Paul Millsap has worked his way completely out of the rotation and is begging for a buyout to get the hell off this team. But again, he's a shell of himself. They're banking on all these veteran players because they have four, I'm sorry, three players that are making max, max money. You just don't have enough money and options. You're, you're relying on veteran minimum. And rookie players, that's putting a lot of emphasis on Cam Thomas, who, while yes, he's an electric young scorer, are you banking on Cam Thomas to be the the answer to all your problems off the bench and to solve your depth and solve your playmaking and scoring issues off the bench? No, he's a 20-year-old kid 
he's not going to be able to come in and do that. It's just not a realistic expectation. Then you have guys like Blake Griffin. Like Blake Griffin looks nothing remotely close to what he was able to do with his time with the Clippers or even with his time with the Pistons. He's not a 20-10 and 10 player. He's barely a 7-5 a and five player. He's not bringing anything defensively in any way, shape, and form. He's grabbing some decent rebounds. He doesn't look athletic. He's barely dunking the ball. And I just don't see where he fits. But he's your second-best big man behind Nick Claxton. Yes, you can argue that LaMarcus Aldridge might be the second-best big man or even the best big man. But for what he brings defensively, he brings next to nothing. He is so slow. He can hit a mid-range. If he's if his mid-range is not on, LaMarcus Aldridge, LaMarcus Aldridge brings no value to this team. He isn't scoring down low in the post anymore. His mid-range is fantastic. He's one of the best mid-range shots of the 2000s and the 2010s. But if his mid-range shot is not on, he brings nothing. He's not a shot blocker. He's barely a rebounder. I give me Nick Claxton. But when you look at what Nick Claxton and LaMarcus Aldridge have done, they've missed 40-plus games combined. So now we're just piling on injuries. We're piling on how poor and how bad this depth is. And it just doesn't make sense that they're not making a trade. But who can they trade? What options do they have? Because unless you find somebody that is going to be in love with a guy like Nicholas Claxton, his injury history, and yes, he's young, but he's at least a high riser. Who are you going to trade besides James Harden? Kyrie Irving's untouchable. No one is going to want him as a part-time player, a full-time player, or whatever he is with all his off-the-court mess. Kevin Durant's obviously not getting traded. You know, are you going to look to trade a young player like Cam Thomas and go fully all-in right now? I just don't, I don't see where the swings are. You have, you know, reserve guys like Javon Carter. You have DeAndre Bembry. Like, these guys are barely rotation players, but that's all you can afford. So James Harden, by trading him, you have to trade James Harden in this scenario just to give you depth. If you can trade James Harden to the Philadelphia 76ers and bring in Ben Simmons and a combination of Seth Curry and Matisse Thibel, that adds a player that can play all games, no matter where they're being played. He can fit a defensive roster. He can guard one through five, as well as bringing in either a high-scoring guard in Seth Curry who can start or coming off the bench, or a potential 3 and D guy in Matisse Thibel who's proven he's one of the best perimeter defenders in the NBA, and while his jump shot is a little shaky, he's shooting 34% from three, and he has an opportunity to also get better. But those are the players that you get. Give me Matisse Thibel over DeAndre Bembry all day. You also have James Johnson. I'm not going to sit here and die on the James Johnson hill. He's a great signing, but again, he is what he is. I think that some kind of move just has to be made because I don't think this team can afford another big slide like this. If these teams in the East, you look at that top six right there that we talked about before of the Milwaukee's, the Cleveland's, Chicago's, Charlotte's, Boston's, Toronto's, even the Sixers, if the Nets don't make trade and they go on with this roster and their their big three isn't playing to the level that their big three can play at, this this team is done. And it just it's so sad because you look at three incredible all-time talents in Kyrie, KD, and James Harden. But that's all on paper. That's all it is. It's it's on-paper talent. It's not giving you exactly what you're looking for on the court. And it's sad. But to expect that something's just magically going to change, Steve Nash is a great player. He hasn't proven that he can be a great coach. Because last year, he didn't make any adjustments. 
the ball went in Kevin Durant's hands in the playoffs, and that's it. And they rode that bad boy to victory. And they almost made it to a finals. This year, he's not pushing the right buttons. He doesn't have the right rotation combination. Granted, it's a little bit of roster mismanagement, but can Steve Nash coach this team to an NBA Finals? I don't think so. And I think that there are so many different personalities. It's trying to find out what their ideal top lineup is. Obviously, when Kyrie Irving's healthy, he's in the game. When James Harden's healthy, he's in the game. And when Kevin Durant's healthy, he's in the game. What's the best two that fit this roster? Is it starting Nick Claxton and getting a great rebounder and a high-energy player? Maybe he's not a shot blocker, but at least he can do well in a pick-and-roll. James Harden and him have had some success. Is it starting Blake Griffin and getting maybe a little bit more of a bigger body and hoping to bank on some past experience in the playoffs? Is it LaMarcus Aldridge? Is he the fit for his offensive repertoire with his mid-range to be able to spread the floor and almost go like a five wide and then be able to let Kyrie and James and Kevin Durant go to work? I, I have absolutely no idea. All I know is defensively, this team is atrocious. This team is absolutely terrible. And they got by on being one of the best offensive teams in history. But with these three players not playing at their best and not playing together as a unit, they're... We're not at historical levels anymore. We're at very good levels. But very good and very bad defense is not going to get you a championship. There's arguments that they could lose in the first round. If this team were to match up with the Miami Heat, right now, currently, that, that's the matchup. It's a 1 versus 8 seed. If this team, currently as constructed, were to play the Miami Heat in the first round, they lose in six games. Absolutely. It's tough to to say that about a player like Kevin Durant. Or to say that about the combination of Harden and Kyrie. But Kyrie's a part-time player right now. You're going to have Kyrie for, if it goes seven, you're going to have Kyrie for four out of seven games. That's a huge loss. And if James Harden is not 100% invested in this roster and what it offers, you're getting 80% in Harden, and you're banking on Kevin Durant to be this MVP Adonis that he's been, which is great, but you don't have any depth. The Miami Heat can throw 10 players at you for 48 minutes and make you work. Can make you work over and over. They'll throw Jimmy, Bam, PJ Tucker, and anybody else in between at Kevin Durant for 48 minutes and make him work. Then they have guards. They can match you up all up and down this roster and then bring in four or five guys off this bench that will absolutely demolish Cam Thomas, DeAndre Bembry, James Johnson, and it won't even be close. Unless these three are playing at the level that they're supposed to be. Two former MVPs, an NBA champion, and a player that's supposed to be one of the top five point guards in the league, if not the most talented point guard, pure point guard in the league, in Kyrie Irving from just pure talent perspective. This team is, is going it, to it's gonna break up. And then you have James Harden's impending free agency. Kyrie didn't get a, a free agent extension. What's his future look like? So many questions come when you're not winning. And yes, it's unfortunate, and I get that, but it, it is what it is. It, it's, it's the questions that have to be asked and the questions that have to be answered because of how this roster was, was constructed, of how this roster was, was organized. You're going to bank on the buyout market. The buyout market got you players like Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge. Are you banking on, you know, Goran Dragic to go into free agency? He doesn't solve any of your problems. No pure 3 and D player is just going to 
go into the bio market and just walk into the Brooklyn Nets roster and start and play 35 minutes a game. It just doesn't happen. Those players don't, unless you're banking on Trevor Ariza getting cut from the Lakers and somehow ending up on your roster. He's 37 years old. What do you expect he's going to do? The bio market is veterans who are way past their prime and aren't are, are shells of themselves. You're asking a lot of this team and a lot of Kevin Durant and a lot of this duo who's just not here. What What's the expectation? I've come out and I've said that when the Nets are fully healthy and they're all invested, this team can win championships. Not championship, championships. But because you have a part-time Kyrie, because you have a disinterested James Harden, and a MVP-level Kevin Durant, it's just not enough. It's not enough for what this team needs, especially with how leveled up the Eastern Conference is. If a trade is made, and you bring in Ben Simmons, and you bring in Seth Curry, or Matisse Thibel, that answers a lot of different questions, because now you're looking at the Miami matchup a lot differently. You're looking at Ben Simmons being able to play defense on Jimmy Butler, for 30-plus minutes a game and try and lock him down. He can guard Bam Adebayo. He can guard Tyler Hero. He can take stress off Kevin Durant for their entire time on the court. He can run de facto point guard when Kyrie's not playing. He can also be that number three option behind Kyrie and behind Kevin Durant. You have a shooter in Seth Curry who fits this bill. You have a shooter in Patty Mills who fits this bill. You answer a lot of questions defensively. That right there makes a lot more sense, and I can see them beating a team like the Miami Heat, no matter what seed they are in the first round. I see them beating a team like the Cleveland Cavaliers in the first round, based on their star power and their depth. A team like the Charlotte Hornets. But right now, I don't see it. I don't see a future for this team. I don't see an organized function on this roster as it's constructed. And where do they go from here? Where does that put them? Where does that put them in the upper echelon? And right now, with how it's constructed, I'm saying that the Brooklyn Nets are going to lose in the first round. And yes, it's early February. Yes, there's a lot going on, and the trade deadline is tomorrow. So we have options. But with what we have right now and all the data that we're looking at, I don't like it. I don't like what I'm seeing. I don't like the opportunities that are going to come their way. And I think that they have a lot that they need to figure out before they even remotely start talking about championships, and they need to move James Harden. They need to get off this contract, get out of it, stop. They have so much drama already in this roster with the Kyrie off-the-court stuff and now the James Harden stuff. Something's got to give, and if you're not going to get rid of Kyrie, you have to get rid of James. Think about long-term. Think about Kevin Durant and what he's been able to do for your franchise. Thank him. Say, we appreciate you, and get the man some goddamn help. Get him somebody that's going to be here full-time, and put all of his effort in. That's a player like Ben Simmons who will step in to a new environment and just want to ball, get some depth, and make a difference, and potentially try and get the Nets back to championship contender status. That wraps it up for episode 18 of Courtside Views. We got a big, big episode coming up on Friday. We're doing a full breakdown of every single trade that goes down. We're going to give grades. I'm bringing on my buddy Sean, who's been here talking about the Philadelphia 76ers. We are going to be doing a full breakdown. I'm super excited, and I'm very, very up. 
amped up to be able to talk about it. Um, it's been something that we've been talking about for a long time, something that we're looking forward to. Uh, we're doing a full breakdown of all 30 teams on TikTok as well as Instagram, so be able to check that out. Also, check us out on Spotify, Twitter, and YouTube channel that's coming up. So if you guys want to see anything, comment on anything, and something that is interesting for you, let us know. And if not, see you guys next time.